there is something in life that many people, if not most people, do not consider when making decisions. We find ourselves looking at the moment, what we want, even what we think we need, but we fail to look at the outcome. The outcome is called consequences. I wonder how many times that we right here in our listening audience have made choices or or done things and we've actually failed to consider the consequences. And when we do that, it often leads to maybe poor health, an accident, divorce, bankruptcy, and many more. In our series, Life Lessons from Bible People, we come to a man, I would call him the poster child for not considering consequences. His name is Esau. And if anybody didn't look to the outcome of their decisions, that's Esau. Remember last time we studied Abraham and Sarah, and they had two sons. Isaac was the promised one, and Ishmael was the product of their own planning. Well, Isaac is now the dad to two sons, Jacob and Esau. Esau was an outdoorsman. He loved to hunt, and he was the favorite of his father. Esau liked to watch National Geographic Channel. Jacob, he was different. He was more of a mama's boy. He was the softer one. He liked to watch the Food Network. And here's the problem. Whenever parents have favorites among their children, you're looking for trouble. Oh, yeah. We have to love our children equally, just like God loves his children equally. So Isaac, he's getting along in age, and his eyes were failing. He didn't know how much longer he had to live. So he summoned Esau to go hunting and prepare for him what he called a savory meal. It's like a favorite meal. You have a savory meal? You got a favorite meal? That's what he wanted. And he would then pronounce the family blessing on him. Uh Uh-oh. Rebecca, Isaac's wife and mother to the boys, she overheard the conversation. Oh. And she got Jacob aside. There it is, playing favorites. And told him, listen, go to the flock, get two baby goats, and she would prepare them for the way Isaac likes them. So we've got the problem and the plan. She said in verse 10, then you shall bring it to your father that he may eat so that he may bless you before his death. Well, Jacob answered his mother, Rebecca, and said, Wait, Esau, my brother, he's a hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. (laughs) Perhaps my father will fail me, and then I'll be as a deceiver in his sight. And I'll bring upon myself a curse and not a blessing. Let me ask you, have you ever felt uncomfortable about doing something? Then you know what? 
Don't do it. If there's ever something someone is trying to get you to do, and you're not comfortable doing it, I don't care what it is. It could be at work. It could be in a relationship. It could be in a friendship. Don't do it. It's going to backfire. Now, his mother, she's not giving up. She said to him, the curse will be on me, my son. Obey my voice and go and get them for me. I don't know why she wanted Jacob to get the blessing, but we'll find out in the end. So he went and got the goats. Rebecca dressed Jacob in Esau's clothes and put animal skins on his hands. And he felt and he smelled like Esau. Now remember, Isaac was old. His eyes were dim. Okay, maybe they can pull this thing off. Verse 18, he came to his father and he said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Get up, please, sit, eat of my game, that you may bless me. And Isaac said to his son, How is it you've done it so quickly? He said, Oh, because the Lord your God, he caused it to happen to me. Oh, man, don't don't ever bring God into your mischief. <laughs> it's not good. That's what, he's, that's what he's doing. He's bringing God into his mischief. You know, it's like sometimes we say, oh, I swear to God. And we know we didn't. We know it's a lie. We know it's wrong. But we bring God in for some kind of support. It's a bad move. Isaac said to Jacob, Please come close, that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really Esau or not. So Jacob came close to Isaac, his father, and he felt his arms, and he said, Hmm, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. So he didn't recognize him, because his hands were hairy, like his brother Esau. So you know what the father did? He ate the food, and he blessed him. Oh, he got over on him. He really did. Thinking Jacob was Esau, Isaac gave him the family blessing. And here's what he said. Now may God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and an abundance of grain and new wine. May the people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brother. And may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be those who curse you. And blessed be those who bless you. Now, this is important. Remember, Jacob was later renamed Israel. I believe maybe you do too. Part of the reason America is such a great nation is is because we have blessed Israel. You always want a government that supports Israel. Because what was in that blessing? Curse those who curse you and a blessing to those who bless you. And that's Israel. So at voting time, make sure one of your considerations, what do they think of Israel? Will this person always bring the support of America to the nation of Israel? Because that's how you find blessing. It's God's nation. Well, just then, Esau came. (laughs) He came back from hunting. 
and he made the food, and he brought Isaac his savory meal. Oh, yeah, his favorite meal. Verse 31 says, He also made savory food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. Isaac, his father, said to him, Who are you? And he said, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled violently. Oh, he's got the shakes. He said, Who was he then that hunted game and brought it to me, and I ate all of it before you came, and I blessed him? Yes, and he shall be blessed. Oh, when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. And he said to his father, Bless me, even me also, my father. Give me a blessing too. And he said, Your brother came deceitfully. He's taken away your blessing. Now, we read this story, right? It doesn't seem right, does it? Well, it doesn't seem like, why is this conniver, Jacob? Why is he getting the blessing? Did Esau deserve this? Did Esau deserve to have his blessing taken away like that? Well, we're going to see. You know what he did? He made a mistake. He failed to consider the consequences of what he did previously. Oh, what did he do previously? Well, let's rewind. We're going to go back to Genesis chapter 25. And in verse 27, we have an account here. And it says, When the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter, right? He's a National Geographic man, the Marlboro man, a man of the field. But Jacob, he was a peaceful man, living in tents. And he wanted a little garden, some flocks. That's good enough for him. Learned to cook, watching Food Network. Now, Isaac loved Esau because he had taste for game. But Rebecca loved Jacob. There's the problemo. Family favorites. Didn't we see that with Joseph? He was the favorite of his parents, and the brothers were jealous, and they hated him. Oh, a lot of dysfunction. And you know who I blame? The parents. Showing favoritism to their children. Do not do that. So in verse 29, when Jacob had cooked stew, you can smell it. Oh, nothing like smelling cooking food when you're hungry, huh? So Jacob cooked the stew, and Esau came in from the field. He was famished. And Esau said to Jacob, Oh, please, let me have a swallow of that red stuff there, for I'm famished. Well, it was some kind of stew. And therefore, his name was called Edom. Edom means like red. I guess maybe Esau is kind of like a red-headed guy. But Jacob said, oh, you want some food? All right. First, sell me your birthright. Oh. High price to pay for a small meal. But Esau said, hey, I'm about to die. What use is the birthright to me? Now, you know, Esau... You're not going to die because you missed a meal. You had breakfast. You're not going to die. 
But you see what happens? This is what happens. When you put your natural need above your spiritual inheritance, you do dumb things. And Jacob said to him, Okay, first swear to me. And he swore to him. And he sold his birthright to Jacob. Now, exactly how that happened, I don't know. And then you know what Jacob did? He gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. And Esau ate and drank. And he rose and he went on his way. Like he thought nothing of his birthright. The Bible says, Thus Esau despised his birthright. It means that he disdained it. He scorned it. He gave up what was spiritual to have what was natural. That's the mistake. Think about that. He gave up what was spiritual in order to have what was natural. What was it that he actually gave up? What was in this blessing, in this birthright? Well, he would be consecrated to God. He would be next in line of honor. A double portion of his father's goods, because that's what the oldest got. He would take over the government of the family. He would be the family priest. Esau was the kind of person who reacted to the moment without realizing what he was giving up to meet that need. That's what he was doing. He was reacting to the moment. He wasn't considering, here it comes, consequences. Consequences. Esau has a lesson for us. Here it is. That God allows certain events in our lives. But you know what? We are responsible for our actions. So, okay, Esau, the great hunter, he had a bad day at hunting. He couldn't find any game. But he's still responsible for what he did in spite of his hunger. He's responsible for trading off his birthright. So, always consider the consequences of your decisions. Oh, that's so important. Sometimes we do before we think. And that's the recipe for regret. Let me ask you. Let's make it personal. I like to get personal on New Hope Radio, okay? And I'm talking to you and I'm talking to me at the same time. Don't you worry about that. I can hear me. Oh, yeah. I get convicted by my by my own messages. Don't worry. So let me ask you. What are you willing to trade off for the immediate thing that you want? What are you, what are you willing to trade off for immediate satisfaction? I mean, the gamut is large. All right. It's wide and large. It goes from junk food in exchange for good health. Are you willing to trade off good health so you can have junk food every time you want it? How about, are you willing to trade off being debt free? Because you want everything you see. You go into debt for the sake of materialism. Yes, I want it, I want it, I want it. You see it, you want it, so you buy it, and you're in debt. And you trade off financial freedom for stuff. 
How about this? Are you willing to trade off sexual pleasure in exchange for a walk with God? Oh, there are so many things that we give up. And we, we, what, what we do is we go after the small thing and we b- give up the big thing. We do. Are you willing to trade off your integrity and lie or steal from your work? Are you willing to do that? Is that worth it? Are you willing to trade off a good, honest reputation? Because that gets in the way of getting what you want. So you don't care if you're known as a conniver or a gossiper or a slander. Are you willing to trade off good friends for the sake of taking advantage of them and maybe burning them or hurting them? Oh, there are so many choices we make, aren't there? It's like they're, they're constant. They're daily. Every choice brings either a consequence or a benefit. Everyone. And we have to make that decision. So, in the long run, it seems like in God's foreknowledge, yeah, he knew Jacob, who would become Israel, would get the birthright, would get the blessing. But Esau made it happen, but God knew Esau would make it happen, just like Judas Iscariot betrayed the Lord Jesus. God knew that Judas would betray the Lord. That was part of the plan. He didn't make him do it, nor did he stop him from doing it. He let Judas make his own choice, and he did. Same thing with Pharaoh. He knew Pharaoh would not let the Hebrews go into the wilderness to worship him. So he used the Pharaoh, and he brought the plagues, and then Pharaoh finally let him go, and then he changed his mind. But God didn't cause Pharaoh to do it, nor did he stop him from doing it. It's choices and consequences. That's what it is. And when it comes to eternity, heaven or hell, God presents both. He says, there's heaven and there's hell. You make the choice. I'm not going to make you choose one over the other, but I'm not going to stop you from choosing one over the other. Think about that. That's the value of our choices. And even Moses said to the people of Israel, I think it was like Deuteronomy 31, he said, God said, I place before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. He says, there it is. There's your two choices. And then God even helped them. And he said, choose life that you may live, you and your descendants. God gives us the answer. Choose life. Choose what's right. I'm not going to make you choose, and I'm not going to stop you from choosing. It's your choice. We all have that choice. Every single one of us. We choose for our lives on a daily basis. We choose for what affects us daily in this life. And we also choose for what will affect us in eternity. It's our choice. It's not anyone else's choice. It's not God's choice. It's not your husband's choice or your wife's choice. It's not your boss's choice. It's yours. It's your choice. What? Will you choose? 
Will you choose something that will bring consequences? Or will you bring something that can bring great benefit and even rewards? There it is. Oh, so what does God do? He gives us his word. He gives us a church. He gives us pastors and teachers to equip us and teach us how to how to make good choices. He gives us spiritual gifts so we can make our life count and utilize our lives and say, what am I going to do with my life? I'm going to discover my spiritual gift. And I'm going to live in it. And I'm going to bless people with it. I'm going to earn rewards. And I'm going to bring glory to God. But it's choices. It's choices. So many of the parables that Jesus told, they involve choices. One guy built a house on the sand. One guy built his house on a rock. They chose where they would build their house. House on the sand, washed away. The house on the rock, it withstood the storm. Think about choices when you read the parables and how no one's to blame for anything except the people themselves and the choices they made. He told the parable of the talents. This guy got five talents. This guy got two talents. This guy got one talent. They made choices. He said, now go out there and do business with those talents. The guy with five, he made the choice. I'm going to work hard. He made five more. He was rewarded. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the master. The guy with two, he said, okay. He went out, worked hard. He got two more. Well done, good and faithful servant. And enter into the joy of the master. The guy with one, he made the choice. He did nothing. He buried it in the ground. He did nothing. That was his choice. When the master came back, he said, you lazy bum. You lazy bum. You should have at least put it in the bank. I could have got some interest. I said, throw the guy out. Throw him into darkness with his weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whose fault was that? His, his choice. Oh, it's all choices. It's all choices. Make the right choice. Whenever you come to that crossroads, think first. What's the outcome? What are the consequences? Will I be further along or further behind? Will it draw me closer to God or move me farther away from God? Think about your relationships. Are they gonna, are they gonna support you in your walk with God? Are they gonna drag you away? They're gonna make you worldly minded like Esau? Or more spiritual minded like Jacob? We have to think. We have to look ahead. We're in trouble because we don't consider the consequences. And that's in every aspect of life. Everyone. Talking to a young man the other day, doesn't want to finish school. He hates school, doesn't want to go to school. I said, I'll tell you what, it's not a good choice. I said, make good choices. Finish school. At least get a diploma and you can go out and do something. But don't quit now. The choices you make today can affect you the rest of your life. The rest of your life. And we've all made choices that have affected our lives. I know I've had. I've made some bad choices and I've had consequences from those choices. And I've made good choices and I thank the Lord that sometimes I get it right. 
<laughs> Sometimes I do. But it's an ongoing battle. We never, we never get to a point where we make good choices all the time. At least I don't. If you do, that's awesome. And I always have these bad ones sprinkled in there every once in a while. Why? Not considering the outcome. That's all. Do it when it comes to spending money. Do it when it comes to personal relationships. Do it when it comes to how you spend your time. Do it when it comes to your life in church. Do it when it comes to your relationship with God. Choices are in every aspect of our life. And so will be the consequences. So God is saying, listen, I'm trying to spare you bad consequences and show you how to earn better outcomes and better rewards. That's what I'm trying to do. I choose, I place before you life and death. There it is. It's your choice. Choose life that you may live. Eve, all those trees in the garden, they're yours, but there's one. You stay away. That's my tree. Don't eat from that tree. Choices. She made a choice. She brought sin into the world. Into the world. Wow. But God didn't leave us there. He made a choice. That he loved us so much, he sent his son. That whoever believes in him will never perish but of everlasting life. God made a choice to send his son. Jesus made a choice to obey his father. And what's the outcome? The salvation of many. Oh, I like that. Because I'm one of them. And I hope you are too. The salvation of many. It's so important. See what choices do? God's choices. Jesus' choices. Our choices. Jacob's choices, Esau's choices. We all make choices. And there are outcomes to each and every one of our choices. Oh, I guess you heard that word enough for the next month. <laughs> choices, choices, choices. Shut up. But it's true. It's true. So let's be mindful. Let's be as mindful as we can be. And make choices to listen to New Hope Radio every day. How about making a choice to join the Hope Club? Support the program. Pray for the program. Make a choice to be involved in your church. Make your church strong. Make it effective. Make it impacting. Because it needs you. If you're not in church, make a choice get to church. Oh, there'll be so many good outcomes from the positive choices that we make.